welcome back to Military Brats Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chloe. And I'm Juliana. Hello, welcome to part two. In the previous episode, we were talking about Brandy transitioning from being in the service to becoming a civilian. So thinking about that, can you share your personal journey of transitioning from a military career to to the civilian workforce? For me, it wasn't as hard as most. I think to me being, you know, being service and being very goal oriented and very structured still to this day, I think that helped. But I'm a planner by trade. So to me, I, I have to plan ahead and I have to know mentally what I'm structured before I even get to it. So I don't stress me and stress gives me migraine. So I had to learn my body and know what I could handle at certain injunctions of time. But for me, it was easier, but I know a lot, I have a lot of female Marine friends or military spouses that it was a hard transition for them going from not being in the military world to marrying someone into now having to move all the time and be away from family. A lot of people had a hard time with that. For me, I already did eight years of being moving from place to place to place. I've moved in my whole life, and all of this was from 18 to present 25 times. So I've moved more than most, and that's a lot of, that takes a lot on people that aren't used to it. But I mean, I think for you, your job translated out. Most people aren't as fortunate as like you and my my dad, Stephen, you guys learn something in the military that you can use in the real world. Not mm-hmm. everyone has that luxury. Correct. Because rewinding back, I have two, uh, well, three degrees. I've got an associate's in accounting. I have a bachelor's in accounting and finance, double major. And then I have a master's in accounting and finance. And I specifically chose that to go with my, my supply chain because it's something that was, everyone has it. Everyone, ha- every company. So I, I picked something that I knew, not that I love it, I'm good at it. I'm good with numbers. So I picked something that I knew could actually uh, support having to, at this time it was, I still had Chloe and Jordan. So I, I picked jobs and education where I knew I could profit and, and support a, a family. Because to me, I remember I'm already in marriage too. I, I didn't want, you know, I already had this before, but very independent. I don't like depending on a man for finances. So I like to be my own woman, make my own money. Well, as you should, you just don't know. I know we haven't talked to you, but you said struggles. But I mean, as a military spouse too, like I was fortunate. I got to go to, you know, when Michael was a recruiter, I got to take my job. But as I was there, like childcare got so absorbently expensive. Childcare went up to $3,000 a month. And at some point during that, they did subsidize like the state or the government had a subsidy where they'd pay half of it. And now it's $1,500 money. And that was pretty much almost one whole paycheck. And I'm like, I still got to pay, you know, certain bills at the time we still had our house in California. So we were subsidizing income. My income was paying for half of our mortgage on a house in California, which is a struggle for a lot of military people. They buy a house, you rent it out. You don't get, and this is remember right after is 07. So this is when that recession is still hitting during this. So you can't rent your house up for what you pay for it. So we were, I was paying that. So at some point it was not physically possible for me to stay working. I actually quit working because it was like, well, if I'm not working, I'm, and I have $1,500, we just downsized our budget 
to fit where I wasn't working. And then not long after I did that, we decided to uh, have twins. Well, not like I decided to have twins. We decided to, to go for uh, another child. We had a no more th- no more kids after 30. So we are just now hitting 30 and we're like, okay, if we're going to have another kid, it needs to be now. now and then the we got pregnant with the twins. There would have been no way you could have worked. You would have been working to pay for them to be in daycare. And even then you probably wouldn't have been able to even make enough to cover yeah. all three of them. Bringing that up, going now, we leave, the twins were about four or five months old. We leave um, Washington State, and now we're transferring to North Carolina, Camp Lejeune. I actually went back to work for six months, and then we got government furloughed. Usually it happens, we'll go back, point of military knowledge, is when the government can't make its budget, Mm -hmm. they furloughed you uh, 30 days but they furloughed you and they wanted to go out for six months. So two days a week, you weren't going to be working, not getting paid. So then we yet again buckled back down and I didn't go back to work until the twins hit kindergarten in 29 Palms. If you were a, like, if you were a military spouse that was a nurse, had a, had a degree somewhere, you sometimes mm-hmm. you might be able to find a job on base. But the majority of them didn't. And I told Chloe, I said, which is kind of weird, and people think the military makes so much money. You don't, because that base actually had a WIC office on the base, which mm-hmm. is kind of weird, right? Like, And think about it, this is only military families. So it's kind of sad thinking about that you go fight for your country, and then you're, having, you're, you're financially struggling because your wife can't work or you have all these kids. And it's like the government is purposely putting you in financial struggle. And yeah. so now you're... And most of these women that I knew, all of their husbands were deployed. So they're taking on this burden and stress and the military mm-hmm. person is deployed in their stress because your wife is stressed. I mean, so, it added a lot of... It's a cycle. It's a bad cycle. It is a yes. bad cycle. In the workplace, did you face any stereotypes or biases as a woman and a mom and military spouse? I'd say yes. I, for, for one instance, we were now... 2014 to 2015, I remember going to an interview with the city of Seattle to work as in their procurement office as their procurement manager. And I didn't get the job because I was a military spouse and I was overqualified. And I was actually angry because you can't ask about your spouse or children. At the last interview, this guy actually brought it up and I was mortified. And I told him, I was like, you can't discriminate a job am I not qualified you're overqualified I said it doesn't matter am I qualified for your your role yes I was like so why do you well you could leave in three years I'm like if I got this job I'm not leaving I'm my husband will go to his last duty station alone and we'll stay here and I didn't get the job because my husband was active duty and I could possibly move that was his that was his argument I feel like that's very common, though, with a lot of military yeah. spouses. When I was in 2-9, like, I was doing my psychology, and I wanted to be, you know, I, I was, I already graduated. I was working as a psychologist. I did all that. Then we moved to Texas. And here, I had, still, I had to do hours. And I would have had to move back out of the state of Texas to finish the hours to be a therapist, a licensed therapist. Mm-hmm. And so then I fell back on my master's in accounting and finance. And luckily for me, I worked. I'm not going to say where I work. I work for someone that does international military financing and procurement. But luckily for me, I had a, I met with the supply chain director and 
he saw my gaps and he's like, he just looks at me and goes, I can see why you have gaps. I'm not going to ask, but you're young. I'm going to already assume. And I was like, and he goes, you probably had kids. You're, he goes, you're way qualified, overly qualified for this position. I was like, I'm taking a lower paid position because I haven't worked in a while. I went as a contractor for three months and my third day, they were already offering me a full-time position because oh, of wow. my raising skills. Wow. And I still work there today. <laughs> still work there four years later. Uh, remote work. But I mean, that was, I was lucky that someone took a chance because I mean, a lot of people don't. He said, I usually don't take chances, but I'll give you a chance. Because usually most contracts on our office for six months. Right. Mm-hmm. Government, they do it. They always do. A new hire always has a government contract for, for six months to see if you were a good fit. And I only got three. And I told him, I'll take three. Sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. You won't, I won't need three months to prove my, my good worth. You'll, mm-hmm. And apparently I didn't. That was really good because I don't know what you guys would have done. No. I, I mean, and to me, I was stressed because daddy, th- at this time when we moved here, Michael was already getting ready for retirement. So I had to be the one that had to work outside the house to, to bring in that extra income. How did that, this at that time like affect your like emotional well-being? Because that is a lot of pressure going from dad transitioning into civilian life and you having to be... Obviously, he gets still gets paid, but you can't live off of that. Well, we never talked about like I'm disabled veteran from the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. so I get seventy percent. So I do bring in about two thousand dollars a month. And Michael, Daddy Michael, he is a disabled Marine Corps vet. He's a hundred percent, so he does get VA, which she gets max benefits. So he gets that plus his retirement. So he makes as much as he did as active duty. And the majority of it is tax free. So we could live off of what he makes still to this day. We can, it, money might be tight, but I don't like to live very tightly. That's good then. So it wasn't like you had a lot of pressure on you because you knew you guys had money you could use. It wasn't like you had no money. Yeah. It wasn't all on you, but that's still, I mean, that was probably a little Me bit fair, challenging. I think I had, honestly, when daddy went retired, I think I did have, I still get a little saucy about it where I have a little resentment because. <laughs> He's okay because he retired at like what 40, 40 years old, and he did, and then he because he took it to the extreme when Michael got out of service. He really took that I'm retired, I don't got to do anything, and I'm mad because I've raised five kids, functioning members, they can do their thing, and now I have to, you know, I spent twenty years raising kids. Now I'm getting thrown into the workforce till I'm sixty three. Yeah. I definitely think it's kind of crazy because it's not very common. Do you know what I mean? Not at all. In this situation of navigating a job amongst the motherhood gaps and all of that stuff, what advice would you give to others facing that challenge? Oh, God. Uh, like, advice, mm. I'd like, don't don't give up. Keep trying because there's going to be a boss. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, get, yeah. don't get discouraged. Keep trying. It does suck. If you have not had any education, you are going to have a hard time. You will right. not. In today's society, you're not going to get more than a retail job. I feel bad because you didn't take all the time while you were were that military spouse where you could have went to school online. Like there's a lot of resources where you could get education or, and still to this day, I'll go back. Well, the military does, if you're under E5 and below military, depending if more, I think it's more military uh, medical fields or nursing where they give the wives money to go to school. So use your benefits. There are lots of benefits you can use while your husbands are younger service. If you're above that, I'm sorry, you don't get it for E5, E6 and above. It just sucks. So right. meet your husband's young, guys. <laughs> <laughs> or 
or you can, if you have a nice spouse that wants to give, his, and he's been in over 10 years, you can you, you can transfer your post-911 benefits to your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say more for a talk with your spouse, get a game plan for if you're staying in service, getting out of service, you really need to have a, a, a long-term plan for how your transition, because it does suck, because the military wife is the one that takes the brunt of it. Okay, well, I do think that's really good advice. Hopefully people take you up on that. Okay, so let's talk about solo parenting. I I think this is a common thing that you say, and I'm sure a lot of other military spouses say, they're like, you're single, but you're not single. Yeah, single, but I'm not single. That was, <laughs> that means when, in Marine Corps world, that means your husband's deployed, you're married, but not, but you're single because you're you're married, but you spend more time as a single person raising your kids without your spouse present single but not and I know a lot of females feel that all the time that's the struggle because you take on a lot of hats and my husband deployed 10 times so Mm -hmm. I think we did eight out of the 10 together we did did do a lot to reiterate the timeline when did you and dad Michael begin to expand the family because for a long time it was just us two we got pregnant 2008 with Mikey had him in September of 2009 we had the twin. We got pregnant with the twins in 2011. Had them in July, uh, January of 2012. So basically, I'd say pretty much from the time the twins were born until presently here. So from 2012 to 2019. So seven years. I'd say he was more absent. Well, what back- factors did you consider when deciding to expand your family, especially knowing the challenges that come with military life and deployments? Actually, I mean, this was actually a Michael thing. Um, he was, I remember he came back from one of his deployments and was like, oh, I'm good with not having kids. Like he left deployment saying, I'm good with just Chloe and Jordan. Because to him, Chloe and Jordan are his babies. He, mm-hmm. people, I know a lot of people think, you know, stepkids, oh, that's my stepkid, Michael. It was never that way. It was, I have five kids. So mm-hmm. it's always those are my babies because he helped raise them. But he came back from a deployment, came home, was like, I want to have a baby. So we had a baby. I, I was always, you know, for it because I didn't want him not to have his own. We didn't mention this. After Jordan, you got your tubes tied. So this process oh, yeah. of having a baby was not oh, an easy decision. True. It wasn't like, let me just have a kid. Oh, wow. True. I did. Did the whole IVF. So I did the whole oh. Petri dish baby. We paid, what, I think $40,000 in LA to, for yeah, for extracting and the medication. He was forty grand. It's a lot of expense. And so then we had Mikey. And then... And same thing with the twins. Can you describe the unique challenges you faced navigating motherhood without without dad home? Like, how was that like? Torture. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what everyone would say. It's not fun. It's not. I mean, you and Jordan, I think, helped immensely at some point. I mean, at some point, like, you would either play with them. We had a one-to-one ratios for us military wives we have to wear all the hats like I uh, with my marriage I couldn't give my husband any power for a, a good seven years because I couldn't rely on him because he wasn't going to be we didn't know when he was deploying or he wasn't going to be home it was just easier to not have him in the equation the working equation so it was like me Chloe and Jordan that was the working equation and when he came into our equation it made us kind of angry because he would step and unfix something and then we'd have to correct it and we'd spend weeks or months fixing 
and, and we tried not to be mean about it. At some point, we finally stopped getting annoyed about it and just knew it was going to happen because it was his way of trying to get in back into the family flow. And we're like, you're screwing up the flow. And we hated it. And then we finally had to think about it from his perspective where it's not, he's not trying to hinder it. He's just trying to find his place. And it just yeah. sucked because by the time he found his place, he was gone again. It was. I want to hear his perspective on that because I think, I think we always talk about this, like how hard mm-hmm. that must be like leaving and coming back. Michael, if he knew he was deploying about three to six months before he would start pulling himself out of the family equation, like he would stop interacting with people. He would, he was mentally preparing himself. And then it took him six months to get back into that. And by the time he put himself, got himself emotionally back out of that box because Michael has PTSD, putting him back into getting back into this dynamic, it was time for him to do it again. So he was constantly just doing emotionally, pulling himself in and out. And it was, I, at that point, I think it was really hard for the three littles didn't, like you guys finally started yeah. understanding the three littles didn't understand why is he not wanting to play with me? I'm trying to interact and all he wants to do is play on his computer. I know, because to him, sad. that was his outlet for his PTSD was playing these video games. Yeah. A time limit for him to have his 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 breakdown or his introverted self, I would have to give him time to be like, okay, now it's time to come back. But at the beginning, like I said, at between seven and twelve, I really we almost yeah divorced like twice. I mean, I think I think that's probably gonna resonate with a lot of the spouses listening. I'm sure that's a very common thing. It's an, you don't want to think it is, but it is. It's the reality. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know what they're signing up for, especially when yes. you have children and their partner's always gone. Then they're coming back with, like you said, PTSD, which we'll cover in a few minutes, but I can't even imagine. We're not even just PTSD. They don't come. They don't communicate. Most they're not communicating. Are, yeah, are not communicating. They don't know how to communicate to their spouses or you have a, a passive partner that doesn't want to, doesn't like conflict so they don't talk about it. And I'm like, no, no, no. You have to be able to to put your foot down and because as a, I mean, and I know a lot of them don't because your husband's the breadwinner. I didn't care. I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to be the punching bag. I'm not going to put my, I'm not going to be on. I'm going to tell you two women, kids feel and know all the tension that's going on. They see and hear everything, but don't think they don't know. They know. They do. They do. At this time, you're solo parenting. You're by yourself. You have five kids. You're going through health issues. Like you're saying, what was your emotional and physical well-being like? And how did you get through that? Well, I had a lot of stress. And I don't, I'm, I've said before, I'm not a good stress person. Stress equals migraines and, and gets me all anxious. Okay. And I don't like yeah. being stressed. And at this point, I had lack of sleep, stress about Michael being deployed, financial stress. I was going through my ovary issue, like my female reproductive issue, having migraines every single day so that would really suck i would have to rely on and it yeah. sucked because i had to rely on chloe and jordan to actually and this would go on for a couple some of them would last two to three days so i'm stuck in bed for two to three days where i'm not even eating all i can do is get out of bed crawl to the seat to go to do my business in the bathroom and crawl back in bed and sometimes i couldn't even lay down like chloe i think caught me once where i was having to set up in my closet because it was the coldest place it could be it was darkest and there was no noise and I was sitting in the closet for two days I even slept setting up because I couldn't lay down because it felt like mm-hmm. I was on a Ferris wheel going around and round mm-hmm. and my blood pressure was sky high Michael was at Fort Bragg doing some training and it was like I, I really wanted to die I it was yeah I was like I'm gonna die because there, there's no possible way to have this much pain like my brain I just felt like it was an explode and Jordan and Chloe stepped up and helped a lot during this phase because 
I couldn't parent. And I felt like I was being a horrible parent because I, which I think made it worse. And I'm not a depressed person, but I did get depressed because I thought I was failing as a parent because I could not physically mm-hmm. take care of my own kids because of my own, my, my mind. I'm like, and so I think that, and that sucks because then it's like this revolving. So now I'm stressed and I'm depressed and it's, I felt like I was causing yeah. more headaches because it just kept going in this vicious cycle. October 28th, he got back. November 10th, birthday ball. His major tells me, oh, did you tell your wife the good news? He's on a deployment rotation again. And so he spent the whole year training up for this and didn't go on and ended up going to Saudi instead. But at this time, I actually, I put a foot down. We actually moved back to Washington State because I wasn't going to do all this. I was like, there's no way that I'm going to do another year of this with no support structure. And well, cause to me, it is in my mind, I was like, I would have to rely too much on Chloe and Jordan. And I was like, I want them to be kids. Yeah. I was like, no. So we, we went back to Washington during Michael's training phase before he led up to deployment. So moving there and we lived literally on the opposite side of the school from my mother. My mom lived on the other side of the school. So she was always there. It was just a lot. I think that time period for like all three of us, well, I mean, the kids were still really young, but you, me and Jordan, I think that was just a hard few years, especially because we, we were really young. I was 11, Jordan was 10 and nine and we're helping you parent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just think that was, that was a very hard time. And then seeing you, at, that was probably the lowest we've ever seen you ever. Yeah, it was. My yeah. And there's nothing you could do about it. No, there wasn't. What are we going to do? You had no help, no support. Mm-hmm. You tried, but you got let down so many times you just gave up, which is super yeah. unfortunate because you relied on military wives to help you and they did not help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That incident did, really did shape my perspective of military wives because I remember I've been in the military. Now we're talking what, 20 2012. So I've lived in military culture for 12 years to 13, 14 years at this point. And I never met women that were so catty. We set up a thing, well, hey, you want to have a night off because we all know how important it is for your self care. Yes. Where we would go around where we'd watch each other's kids and one wife would stay home, watch the, all the kids. I mean, you would have a house full of like 20 kids. But yes. then when it always came to my turn, to, to have them take my kids, they would say, no, it's just too unruly. And the kids weren't really crazy. They're like, it's just too much. I'm like, but I watched all your guys' kids. So it yeah. was like, and I was like, no. So after that, and they keep asking me, I was like, no, I'm good. What advice do you have for other military spouses facing these similar challenges, maintaining both their physical and emotional well-being? You don't need to have a lot of friends. Even if you have to hire a babysitter, give you an hour or spend two hours a day, go spend $40 if you can. Go take yourself to get a mani-pedi. Go go do all the things I didn't do because I probably could have, but I was a very hyper, I, I was always worried about my kids, so I didn't. But it, get self-care. And I learned that through psychology. I learned that, you know, years later that self-care is key. If I maybe had more physical help outside of my kids, that I probably wouldn't have struggled and had all the headaches and all that stress is because I didn't know self-care was important at that time until, like I said, 2018 is when I found out, oh, self-care is key. I don't like to give up my power. So I, I'm, I don't like to let people in and help me very much either. It's, it's a bad problem. A lot of military people have that problem where we like to help others, but it's hard for us to ask for help at the same time. It's okay to ask for help. It is okay to ask for help. Yes. It really is. It really is in the military world. People think you're weak and they think that their husbands think that they're weak. You're not weak if you need a break. I mean, kids are exhausting. Let's move on to, I guess, 
dad transitioning to civilian life. And then like you mentioned he had PTSD. I know that was not easy for the family. For here, I mean, it, I think it kind of compiled with daddy. Because remember, he, he's a scout observer, so he could never in his Marine Corps career talk about any of his mental health because can't hold a weapon. He can't deploy. So he would have got med stepped out if he would have talked about it. So when he got, we checked into here at Fort Worth where we're renovating dad's doing a floor realizes he can't feel his hands and ends up finding out he needs to get spinal fusion. This happens. So he has spinal fusion happen. The, the day after Christmas, the next day, his mom gets diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And He's thinking, oh, I want to re, you know, I might do more time. And then all of this hits him at the same times. And then he goes and does a work travel. And remember, he talked about how the military is all softy softies. Remember, we're old school Marines. And then the Sergeant Major yelled at the Staff Sergeant for yelling at this guy in front of formation because he was late. And Dad's like, oh, no, no, no. Then he came home and dropped his retirement papers. Like, this ain't the core. I love it. No, 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 no. In this time frame, then he finally starts admitting he has, because, you know, with PTSD, He's always like, no, I don't have it. And I've had an inkling for years he's had it. So now he's finally accepting. At the same time, he's finally accepting as he's in his retirement, trying to do his, build up his jacket for his medical, or all everything that he never did while in service or TBIs, all of that. So then he realizes, I do have PTSD. So now Pandora's box is open. So now he's emotionally a roller coaster, trying different medications, dealing with his mom's die death it was a hard transition um and then he had to start doing therapy and you know me having my therapy side it kind of helped because i'm not going to leave my husband because he has ptsd i mean he didn't choose to break himself the military broke him and what he had you know was forced to do for years he would self-medicate through alcohol like he wasn't an alcoholic yeah. but when he consumed he consumed or he would put himself into his video game world where he would like disassociate for sure. Yeah. That was his way of disassociating from his, from the reality he would put himself in the game and he'd have to think about it. I think that's just super common. At least he's working through it. He's been working through it. He's doing what he can. Yeah. He learned tools that helps him. Like we bought him land. He likes to, he has 12 acres of land. He, I moved him away from noise cause he doesn't like to be around a lot of people in, in large groups. And so I, I catered our lifestyle to help him emotionally and physically. What advice would you give other military families facing these challenges too? Because it is really common. If you're not, I'd say if you're not going to go talk, get mental help or or speak to someone outside, at least speak to your spouse because, and don't hide it from your spouse because a lot of people are scared to think of what your spouse is going to think about your, about that broken. Trust me, they know you're broken. We, women, we ain't stupid. Or even if it's a husband, we're not, they're not stupid. They see it, your interactions. They see it. It's, and it helps if you don't want, I mean, if you're not talking to your spouse, you're probably creating more of a wedge because now you're not communicating and you're going to create a wedge where they aren't needed. Then you're going to get separated in a divorce. Be upfront yes. with your spouse. I mean, cause in the military world, we all know have a high divorce rate period. But when you add psychological or military, these type of struggles, now it's being compounded because now you're affecting not just your your wife. You're t you are affecting your kids. And trust me, I I believe all all of us you, you kids have PTSD just because of his bursts. And it's it wasn't and my, and Michael was one of those people that he really didn't he wasn't there. Like he was there, but mm -hmm. he wasn't here. Like there was nobody yes. there. And then he brings it up all the time. Like now, like and he's totally changed his parenting styles. Uh, 
and how he behaves with it. And I'm like, you need to come back a little more this way. And he's way left. Like, and I, I think it's his key too for if you are suffering to self-correct yourself and try way. And, and it's not, I mean, it's taken two years for Michael to finally get to a point where he can talk about it. It's been a few years and I think he's coming to terms with it. You've come to terms with it. But now let's look ahead. What are some aspirations and goals, both personally and professionally, that you have? For me, work-wise, I mean, like, I keep moving up my ladder. Um, I Every mm-hmm. year I get more responsibilities and more people, and I, I excel. Like, I work remotely, so I don't go into an office. Yeah. I get to stay home. I can live anywhere in the continental U.S. So, to me, that's a perk, and I we're trying to sell our house here so we can move up to Washington. Short-term goals. See, I think this is this is the this is the military rooted in us. I don't think I'm the same way. I think Juliana is. I don't look past like five years. I can't tell you where I'm gonna be in five years. Even though we're civilians, you're a mm-hmm. civilian. I just know life changes so fast. I yeah. can't have a plan like that. No, to me, it's like like my like a long-term goal. Like I can't even see that. Like, I can't even see that far. To me, it's like. I just want to sell my house and move closer to be closer to kids and grandbabies that I know I'll have in the next two to three years. I think you just need to be around family. And I think that's a a good goal considering your life has been military for the last 20 years. It's it's about time you prioritize what you want. Yeah, that's why I don't have vacations because I spend all my money flying my kids to see me or going flying to see you. Like that's all my vacation money and time goes to. Finally, as we wrap up, is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners? Have a support structure. A support system. I mean, even if it's not present, as long as you, I mean, even a phone call, video chat, you luckily we have technology nowadays, um, self-care and communication. I think those are a good three to know. That's like the big three, like support, self-care and communication thank you again then for sharing your journey with us mom i really think it's going to resonate with a lot of people because we spoke a lot we spoke about a lot of niche i guess topics they're not as spoken so i really hope people resonate with this and you Mm -hmm. and i'm sure we'll have you back on oh yeah as always we hope you like today's episode make sure you follow us on all podcast platforms and if you have any topic suggestions or questions, DM us on Instagram at Military Brats Podcast with your inquiries. Thank you so much. See you next Wednesday. Bye. Thank you. Bye.